0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LeBurge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Again, Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening to the special Lessons and Carols edition of Mornings with Carmen on this Friday before Christmas. This hour, we want to focus on one carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
0: This Christmas Eve, I am listening to many of my favorite Christmas carols. There are some that I, I just delight in. Oh, Holy Night is probably my very favorite. Um, certainly, Silent Night is among them as well. Angels, we have heard on high. What are your favorite Christmas hymns? The carols that declare the goodness of God in the coming of Christ. During this hour, we're going to look at the verses of one particular Christmas hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So the first verse is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. So I think that this first verse helps us remember that Jesus is first the Jewish Messiah. I mean, he's certainly the Messiah of the whole world. But he comes in fulfillment of God's promise to the Jewish people that he would save them. And so the word Emmanuel means God with us. So, O come, O come, God be with us. God with us, the person of God in the person of Christ. God with us in flesh, the incarnate one. O come, O come, Emmanuel. To do what? Well, to fulfill these long-awaited, hoped for expectations of a Messiah. The Jews had waited a long, long time for the Messiah that God had promised. They had pled, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And they had come to expect a Messiah who would be like King David, who would institute a kingdom upon the earth, who would reclaim the land of Israel and the people of Israel and institute right there among the nations— the kingdom of God. And so for some, Jesus came in a quite unexpected way. Even though he fulfills the prophecies that God had foretold over eons of time, not everyone saw those prophecies in the same way. And so for the cry for God to come to be with us, this cry of Emmanuel, I think this is the cry of every human heart. I think it's the been the cry of every human heart since the day that God said to Adam and Eve, because of the reality of sin, we can't walk together in the cool of the garden anymore. They were cast out of God's presence. This chasm of sin has existed between God and humanity since the days of the Garden of Eden. And we long to be with God, to walk with God and for God to be with us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and so we sing to be ransomed from our captivity to sin and to see the freedom and the joy that can be had in the Son of God, who indeed has appeared. The second verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is about wisdom. O come, O wisdom from on high, who ordered all things mightily to us the path of knowledge show and teach us in its ways to go. Now, you may say to yourself, huh, that's not exactly how I remember the second verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Well, that's because there are some alternate ways to sing this hymn. But the second verse is about wisdom nonetheless, no matter if the words line up with exactly the way that you remember them or recall them. So what does it mean to call wisdom to come from on high? It's an acknowledgment that the wisdom of God is different than the wisdom of the world. You might think there about the Apostle Paul's correspondence with the church at Corinth, He talks about the the wisdom of God, the foolishness of you and I, and how the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So what does it look like for us to call upon wisdom from on high? What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge or wisdom and accumulated information? It's really easy for us to access a lot of information. Actually, more information than has been available over all of history up to today is available today. So you can access more information today than all people over all time added up together could access. And you say to yourself, well, how is that possible? Because that, there's actually so much information being not only produced but put forth, advanced over the Internet every single day. It's literally beyond our ability to consume, let alone aggregate, apprehend, comprehend, and apply. So there's a huge difference between wisdom and knowledge. It's an important thing to consider today. O come, O wisdom from on high, who ordered all things mightily. This is a conversation about who Jesus really is. Jesus is not only the wisdom of God and the power of God. um, Jesus is also co-eternal with the Father. So when we talk about the one coming from on high who is also the one who ordered all things mightily we are uh we are talking about Jesus as you know a co-laborer with God in uh in the creation of the world one of my favorite New Testament passages related to that uh can be found in the first chapter of the book of Colossians talks there about the preeminence of Christ I think it's worthy of reminding ourselves of here Jesus is beginning at verse 15 of Colossians chapter 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. If you wonder who's that baby in the manger, what does it mean for Jesus to be Christ, the Lord wisdom from on high? one and the same as he who ordered all things mightily. Colossians 1 is a good reminder of who that baby is. This verse from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel goes on to say, To us the path of knowledge show and teach us in its way to go. When you think about how Jesus reveals God the Father, how Jesus exegetes God the Father, makes him known, And how Jesus teaches us the way and the truth and the life. How Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and invites us to follow him. Where? To the Father. I feel like this verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is so rich, so full of promise. And helps us understand who Jesus really is. This is not just about a baby in a manger. This is about the God of the universe taking on human flesh to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. And yeah, one who was born to die, to bear in his body our sin and the punishment due us. There's a lot going on in this particular manger. When we we sing songs like Away in a Manger, I just think it's critically important for us to recognize who that baby really is. He's the wisdom from on high, the one who ordered all things mightily. He's the one who leads us in the path of knowledge and teaches us the ways to go.
2: Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice for our unto-
0: Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.
1: Here's more with Carmen on the special Lessons and Carols edition of Mornings with Carmen as we continue to reflect on the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
2: Oh, come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of heaven.
0: Verse 3 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel makes reference to the rod of Jesse. Um, so when we consider uh, words like that or names like that, it's important, it's imperative, in fact, for us to stop and say, who is Jesse? Why are we talking about Jesse? Why are we talking about the rod of Jesse? All right, that's because we're talking about the descendants of King David, one of whom is ultimately Jesus. Alright, so when you think about a Jesse tree, maybe you have done ornaments for a a Jesse tree. Maybe you have read the genealogy of Jesus. And in there, you have seen Obed, and you have seen Jesse. Hmm. Alright, who are these guys? So, you're going to have Obed, and then you're going to have Jesse, and then you're going to have David. David. Who becomes king. So the son of David is sometimes simply referred to as, or David is simply referred to as the son of Jesse, right? So you can think of then every generation following Jesse as being the descendants of David. So, I mean, why bring all of this up? Well, because you're going to hear Jesse referred to from time to time, including places like Verse 3 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The words of which are, O come, thou rod of Jesse, free, thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. So Jesus is a descendant of David. He is the Messiah who is going to sit forever on David's throne to rule people with righteousness and justice by the mercy of God. So when we talk about the Jesse tree or the tree of David or the rod of David or the root or the stump of Jesse, um, that's what's going on here. So this is a, a verse about why Israel and the rest of us need a liberator. This is a this is the beginning of three verses that are actually going to ultimately all talk about the same thing. And that is what Jesus actually accomplishes on the cross and uh, in rising from the dead. Satan's tyranny is One of the things from which we are freed by Jesus, the depths of hell being another, and then victory over the grave being another way of saying the same thing. So Jesus deals with both the tyranny of sin in life and the penalty of sin in death. I'm going to say that again. Jesus deals with both the tyranny of sin in life and the penalty of sin in death. So in this verse, when it says, Free thine own from Satan's tyranny. What the song is talking about, what the hymn is talking about, is the hope we have in life free of captivity to sin. I mean, do you have a sin that feels like it holds you captive? Well, singing this Christmas carol will hopefully be a reminder that from that captivity to sin, Christ died to set you free. You do not have to live in the tyranny of sin any longer. Christ's resurrection from the dead not only gives us victory over the grave and the hope of heaven, it also liberates us from the power of sin in our lives. So, this notion that from the depths of hell thy people save, some of that is the depths of hell on the other side of death, and some of that is from the depths of hell people live in tormented by sin on this side of death. So consider this verse as you sing it this Christmas. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave.
2: Rejoice, rejoice, shall come to
0: O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is a wonderful Christian hymn for the season of Advent and Christmas. And so on this Christmas Eve, we thought it would be fun to unpack it a little bit. You are going to enjoy singing it. Its origins are over 1,200 years old in the monastic communities of the 8th and ninth century. And seven days before Christmas Eve, monasteries would sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. They would Sing it in a particular metrical form, and we receive it then translated into English in 1861. Let us continue our conversation about "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel."
1: This is Mornings with Carmen and a special Lessons and Carols edition for this Friday before Christmas.
2: And open wide our heavenly home Make safe the way that leads on high And close the path to
0: arrived at the verse in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, where we talk expressly about David. Now, remember, David is the son of Jesse, who's the son of Obed. And so if you want to read the genealogy of Jesus in either Matthew or Luke, that might be a fun exercise as you consider the Christ who is born on this night of Christmas, Christmas Eve. So here's the verse, O come, O key of David, come. And open wide our heavenly home. Make safe for us the heavenward road and bar the way to death's abode. All right, so it's another verse specifically about the reality and the promise of heaven, the way we get there, who opens the door for us. When I think about heaven these days, I certainly have in mind many of the things that I learned from reading Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Heaven, I just, I feel like Lee has opened for me some conversations about heaven that, you know, I hadn't really considered before. And I don't know if I've arrived at that stage in life where I certainly have an interest and a willingness to talk with other people about what's beyond this life and how near death feels. It feels as if death has been visiting us more frequently of late or it has drawn closer to home, maybe. And so this conversation about death and how heaven is opened to us and how the path to heaven or this heavenward road that the hymn writer talks about, how that is made safe for us. This is about Jesus being the way. This is about Jesus's own promises about what heaven is like. Think about all of the places and times where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. If you want to spend some time considering what the kingdom of heaven is like, read all the things that Jesus has said about it. And then, and then accept the promise of Jesus that he has gone to prepare a place for us and that where he has gone, we can be also. And that we know the way he is the way and the truth and the life and Although no one gets to the Father except by him, by him we get to the Father. A way has been made for us. Literally, the curtain has been rent in two from top to bottom. There's no longer this barrier between our entering into the fullness of the presence of God, and there is no longer a barrier between this life and the life to come in the fullness of the presence of God for all eternity. That is heaven. Jesus has made safe for us. The heavenward road. And he's closed the back door. That's what this, I love this, I love this part of the verse. Bar the way to death's abode. That's like Jesus closing the back door. Jesus opens the front door, like, right, opens the way for us to proceed into the presence of the Father because it is by Jesus' righteousness that we are covered and we are literally made right or made righteous. His righteousness is applied to us and So God sees us as he sees Jesus. The fullness of Jesus's sinless sacrifice is applied to us as the propitiation for our sin, the fulfillment of of what's required by the holiness of God. And he's opened wide that door so that if the front door is open and the back door is closed, like you cannot slip from heaven to hell. That is not going to happen. Jesus has barred the way to death's abode. I just love that. If you want to read some of John's vision from the book of Revelation about heaven and what he sees and what's happening there, those are just wonderful places to spend time in the scriptures on Christmas. And you say to yourself, no, 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 no. We just want to spend time in Luke chapter one and two and in in the opening verses and chapters of Matthew. Like we just want to read the the baby stories. Just want to talk about babies right now. Well, Christmas is about Christ, and it's about the Christ mass. And mass is about the broken body and the spilled blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Christ mass of Christmas is a mass. It is the celebration of the Lord's Supper, which we only understand in the context of the cross. The manger is necessary Because of the crucifixion. And so understanding why Jesus came to open wide the heavenly home and make safe for us the heavenward road and bar the way to death's abode is part of the Christmas story that we sing about in O Come O Come Emmanuel.
2: so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Suzy Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Suzy
0: Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit
2: subscribe and have a great day.
1: This is Mornings with Carmen and a special Lessons and Carols edition for this Friday before Christmas.
0: Okay, we arrive now at the sixth verse about the bright morning star and the dayspring. O come, thou dayspring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. The theme here is light and life. So when you think about the dayspring or the bright morning star... You should have some echo effects there from the Old Testament. I'm also hoping that when you, you think about the way the light of Christ shines into the world, into the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it, somehow your mind is like flashing toward the opening verses of the Gospel of John. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, just, just pause for a minute. Jesus is the Word. You get that, right? Coexistent with the Father present throughout all of eternity you know we call him the second member of the trinity the coexistent co-eternal son all right let me start again john chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god and as we read in colossians all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When we sing O come, O come, Emmanuel, and we arrive at the verse about dispersing the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows being put to flight, we are talking about the light that shines in the darkness. We are talking about the life that exists in Christ Jesus, the life that was the light of men. John spends a lot of time in his gospel talking about light and darkness, juxtaposing the two, acknowledging that Jesus is the light that is rejected by men. People don't want their evil deeds exposed, but Jesus is the one who comes as the very light of the world. So why do we love the deeds of darkness more than we love the light? That's a worthy consideration and conversation for us to have at this Christmas. When you consider the star, the star of Christmas, by the way, is Jesus. But the Christmas star is a significant, I don't know, can a star be a character? I'm going to describe it as such, is a is a significant character in the Christmas story, in the crash, or in the nativity scene. My guess is that you see the star on all kinds of Christmas cards and shining on the tops of all kinds of places and spaces these days, because it is this light that shines in the darkness to which we cling, like we recognize the shadowiness of the world. And we recognize that deeds of evil are done in the dark. And we recognize the need for God to shine brightly and expose. But in all of that, we're exposed as well. And so when I am singing, you know, I'm I'm loving that there's this bright Christmas star and I'm loving that Jesus comes as the light of the world. And I'm I'm loving that he's piercing the darkness and that he's drawing close and he's dispersing the gloomy clouds of night and that he's putting to death the dark shadows. But I'm also I must recognize and remember that he also exposes me. He exposes my darkness. He exposes the things In my life, that he came to not only forgive, but enlighten and change, burn away. The light of the love of God is dawning. Is it dawning on you? Has it dawned on you that Jesus is the light and the life? Do you receive him? Jesus came as the light of the world, but his own did not receive him. Why? because they loved the darkness more than they loved the light. Let's be people to whom when Jesus comes at Christmas, we receive him. Because here's what happens. To all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but born of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And from His fullness we have received grace upon grace. Do you see it? Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Let the light of life dawn on you today. Finally, we arrive at the last verse of O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease and be thyself our king of peace. Hmm. Desire of nations. Is Jesus really the desire of nations? How much do you want him? Was he even on your Christmas list? Desire of nations. Is Jesus the desire of our hearts? So this verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is a kingdom verse. It really, this is a King Jesus verse. This is a kingdom on earth as it is in heaven verse. What is foreshadowed here is the binding of all people as one. This verse looks forward to the day. When literally every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's in Philippians chapter 2. This verse of this Christmas hymn, this Christmas carol, foreshadows, looks forward to that day that Paul sees in Philippians 2, where every knee is bowed to Jesus, where all people are one because all people are in Christ and therefore one in Christ, and therefore every division has been brought to an end among humanity because people have found their unity in Christ. This is a king and a kingdom of peace, and his name is Christ the Lord. O come, desire of nations, ask yourself, do we desire Jesus? Are we longing for him? Do we want him to bind us together with the hearts of everyone else? Do we really want our sad divisions to cease? And are we willing to submit to the authority of Jesus as the king of peace in our lives, that he would rule in our hearts? Jesus is the prince of peace. He is also the king of kings and the lord of lords. He has a kingdom of peace. And those who are his people become then peacemakers. So, as we celebrate the advent of Christ, this Christmas day, I want you to think about whether or not you really desire him. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind, bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Merry Christmas, and God bless.
1: hope you enjoyed this special time of Lessons and Carols. On behalf of Carmen, as well as co-producer Ryan Mitchell, I'm Paul Perot. May you have a merry and blessed Christmas, and thanks again for listening to Faith Radio.